we strive. And you think, don't you deserve something? But you don't. I am here to help change the fitness industry. So I basically lived in a cave for 60 days. Over 420 pounds to the lightest I got was 209. Bill McCullough, Vice President of Creative for uh, the NFL. Entrepreneurs are selfish at the best of times. How far can my talent take me? Prepare to be inspired. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. So this week we have my guy, Mac Frederick. So when Mac was in college alone, he started an entrepreneurship club, a tech startup, a repair company, and also ran a party bus. After graduation, he was recruited by Google, sold his businesses, and after a year getting bored working the nine to five life at Google, he started his own agency on the side and another repair company as well. His managers found out he was not only working nine to five, but also running two other businesses and they decided to let him go. Obviously he was a little bit devastated, but after a while he started up another repair business and created his own full-time agency where he helps small businesses with Google. Now he's done millions of dollars each year and he wants to help you run your local business and grow it. He scales businesses to above 5,000% of where they were at. Absolutely killing the game. You guys, I want you to meet Mac Frederick. So, yeah, my name is Mac Frederick. I'm the founder and CEO of Momentum Digital uh, here in Philadelphia. I also have another company, Phone Repair Philly. It's sort of like a phone electronics you know, repair company. Uh, both here in Philadelphia. started both of these like three and a half, almost four years ago. Um, I'm more of like a small business entrepreneur, I tell people, not so much of like the, the startup Facebook entrepreneurs of the world. Um, you know, went to Penn State, graduated, got recruited by Google. Um, we'll get into that in a bit. But yeah, I've been running these companies for three and a half years now. And I'm just, you know, trying to focus and grow over the next 12, 24, 36 months. Very cool, man. So when you say you're more of a small business guy, you're referring to like you like the kind of like in-person mom and pop or like even on online, you don't want it to be like a crazy huge like empire business yeah definitely not creating like something big or aggressive you know i'm trying to create more of lifestyle businesses which is very popular in this day and age um you know it's it's something that i was thinking about ever since i started the company i never really wanted it to grow to be some huge you know multi-million you know hundreds of million dollar company with like hundreds of employees uh, i just wanted something that you know, I was able to, to use my skills to help, to help other small businesses, specifically in digital marketing and, you know, travel the country, travel the world and, and just have fun and, and just do my thing. You basically don't want to end up just kind of like stressed out with all these people making all this money and you pretty much just want to be able to make a living and travel and still have a good life. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not chasing, you know, a crazy amount of money. Um, you know, I'm, I'm chasing happiness. There you go, man. Especially in this day and age, like you said, like how people are pushing for me. I, I want to have our, you know, our app and website kind of like take off and become the, the number one fitness platform on the planet. But I, I also don't want to have like a million employees. Like I want to still have fun and have group trips and do all that kind of stuff. And um, so I'm trying to find like a, a, a little middle ground there. So how did you, uh, how did you get started in the business world? Like what were your, where it's like a little kid selling candy or how did you do it? <laughs> I probably sold candy at some point, but uh, I guess growing up, I was really big into cards, like collecting and buying and selling baseball cards. So, Any Pokemon in there or not? Yeah, yeah. Definitely had some Pokemon, some Charizard. Okay, I, I had a little Pokemon hustle myself, so I feel you. Pikachus. 
There you go. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it definitely started with baseball cards. I was always into sports, and so I started collecting cards and then buying and selling cards and got into the online game and, you know, the whole eBay craze. And, uh, you know, it was always just a hustler, I guess. There you go, man. Yeah, see, I basically got into the eBay thing, but I never, like, I never really did much with it. I thought I would – my dad has, like, almost a hundred thousand baseball cards. Some may be valuable, some not, I don't know, but I spent an entire summer organizing them. And then I made like 20 bucks. Like no one's really buying baseball cards anymore. So <laughs> I got, I got into it way late in the game, but, um, so how many startups have you been a part of? Hmm. That's tough. I mean, it depends in, in what, I guess, in, in what right it, I, I was involved just because I've been an intern. I've been like, campus ambassadors of different startups. So if we're including that, probably close to 10. As far as my own businesses, uh, I've got the agency now. Um, I've got the phone repair company. I've got an event company that I'm a co-founder of. And then previously, another phone repair company, another phone repair company, a watch company, and a party service company. So I guess, what is that, seven? Jeez, dude. There you, go. there you go. Wait, how old are you? I'm old, bro. No, I'm 29. Okay, yeah, that's in a lot of companies to to go through at that age. That's awesome, man. That you're still still killing it in the startup world. Um, so tell us a little bit about your agency. Like, what does the agency do? I ask myself that every day. Uh, <laughs> no, but right now we're in the process of of you know just becoming laser focused on certain verticals and industries. And you've probably seen how there's a huge shift in the health and wellness industries, uh, especially online with a lot more digital marketing, social media and paid search marketing. So originally when we started the agency, I was still working for Google, um, you know, at Google in their Michigan campus. And I was in like the Google search department and uh, just started you know, working with some clients on the side outside the nine to five. And uh, I wanted to start the agency eventually just being able to help small businesses understand Google more. And, um, you know, partnered up with my friend Michael during that 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 phase of my life and uh, just kind of started helping any and every small business owner. And that sort of compounded um, once we started hiring some people who knew more about, you know, web design or social media or SEO. Uh, we were helping any and every type of small business with just about any sort of digital marketing service. So whenever you do that, it makes things a little complicated and confusing and it's harder to scale. So we've actually been in the process of scaling back our services and trying to focus. Just trying to only do an only offering like just a couple different um, main business concepts to help people versus like here we do everything or yeah. is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. We mostly focus okay. on lead generation, like Google ads and Facebook ads for, um, wellness and, and health companies. And when you say we, are you, you have like a lot of employees in your company now or? No, there's roughly 15 of us. Um, I think there's 14 of us. So, um, I'm recent, I'm actually in the, in, in the process of partnering up with someone who I've been working with for a while. And so I used to be partnered with Michael, but he had a couple other startups some other things he was working on. Plus he was across the country. So, um, you know, we sort of split ways and then I was on my own for about the last year and a half, two years. 
And, uh, you know, just this month, I'm in the process of partnering up with someone else who's more of a Facebook expert. I'm more of a Google expert. So it's a, a nice compliment. There you go. I'm going to have to hit you up for some uh, Google advice too. I don't know. Um, so tell us about your phone repair company. Like what is that like a typical, um, <clears throat> you know, we fix it kind of company or is it like a, a franchise you started or one that you purchased? Yeah. Um, sorry. I left that on an awkward cliffhanger question. That was kind of awkward, but you, you know, no, no, you, you're fine. I kind of got started with the, the whole phone repair thing when I was in college. Uh, my other friend was fixing people's phones sort of kind of like a, for this company, which was almost franchise based called iCracked, it's kind of like the Uber for iPhone repair. Um, side note, they recently got acquired by Allstate, some Allstate uh, sub brand. But um, basically, you would watch some training videos and like pick up some tools and the app would give you leads for people interested in phone repair. And long story short, you know, took over the business for him in, in Penn State and scaled that got recruited by Google. So I sold that initial phone repair thing and then started another one once I was already working for Google in Michigan, learned more about like SEO and web design, started making some good money with that, decided to move to Philly. So I sold that one and I was like, screw it. You know, I've, I've done it twice before. I might as well do it again when I get to Philly. So I started another one just to start making some cash on the side. You know, I, I didn't have a car, so it's not like I could be an Uber driver. So I went with what I knew, which is phone repair and and just had a lot of success on the the SEO Google side of things and grew, grew it organically. And now we have four locations. So so when someone goes into a location, it's an actual physical location where they can get their phone repaired? Yes and no. Um, three of them are retail. And I'm moving one from retail to an office because what we've been able to you know, scale and be really proficient at is building up sort of a, a retail presence in an office space. So my most profitable location is actually inside of a WeWork co-working space. Oh, well, because everyone's there with their phones. It's genius. Um, you, think about, you think about expanding that, like just going into a lot of different WeWorks or what? <sighs> yes and no. I mean, I've thought about it and toyed around with the idea, but at the end of the day, like there's only so much I can control within that space. You know, if tomorrow Apple or Verizon or some of these bigger players want to say, hey, you know, we want to do this for next to nothing. We already have the market share. We want to take over or we want to make the phones unfixable. There, there's too many questions. Um, so otherwise, I would double down, triple down on that. And I'm still thinking about growing and scaling it sort of organically with people who want to buy into it, sort of like a franchise model. But, um, you know, the, the office model is and will be the way to go if we take that route. However, I'm sort of focused on some other initiatives. Yeah, there you go, man. And what is it like uh, kind of running two businesses at the same time? Like, how do you stay focused? I, I guess you can call my podcast another business, but I'm, I'm mainly just doing one thing. So like, how are you focusing on two different companies that you're trying to grow at the same time? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the question. Um, you know, there's some people who can do it but it only makes sense to do it if you've got the resources and resources would be either time or people or money. So if you don't have the resources to do that, like we can't all be Jack Dorsey who, you know, owns Dropbox and Square or, uh, you know, we can't be Elon Musk with Tesla and SpaceX. They've got the resources. So I advise against it. To answer your question, I don't... 
you hit a point where you run out of time and time's probably your most valuable resource. So then you got to start thinking about where you can buy time and where you can get money. So at this point, it, it's come to a point where it's, it's very tough to scale being by myself, which is why I'm in the process of, of partnering uh, for the agency and, and focusing on some other things. Yeah, I just Googled Jack Dorsey to, to see where he's at. I didn't know he was the CEO of Twitter and Square. That's insane. Oh, yeah. Twitter and Square. I, I said Dropbox and Square. Oh, God. oh I, I thought it was also Dropbox, too. But still, that, that's like, that's how would you even do one of those? That's crazy. Um, so tell us a little bit about this startup that you and our friend Michael created. Like, what was it about? I love the idea, but I'll let you kind of pitch it. And then we'll talk about the eventual selling of the company, too. Yeah, so starting the company with Michael, we actually started a company back in college and worked together. And he's more on the tech side. I'm sort of more on the sales and marketing side. And, uh, you know, we, we had some classes together and, and then he ended up graduating, moving out to, to Cali. But, you know, I got the job at Google and went a different route. And he started, a you know, this nightlife software company um, that, you know, got rebranded. And, you know, he, he started working with some different people and I've always been helping out here and there, you know, in the beginning, but the company, the main company we started was momentum, which is the agency. And, you know, that was only taking up a portion of his time. And, and I was really only helping him a little bit with, um, the nightlife app. So I wasn't too involved with that. Um, you know, but, but definitely, you know, help them from the, the branding and marketing side. And eventually it, it led to them, you know, getting an exit. Yeah, that's awesome. And do you have a do you have a part of the exit like with the nightclub or anything like that, or was it mainly just Michael? Mainly him and some other partners. I didn't have any equity in the company. Um, you know, I wasn't nearly involved as some other people, but um, I did have another startup at the time, which is probably why I couldn't get more involved with with that startup. Gotcha. Yeah, you're, you're just all over the place, man. You're you're running you're running the whole world, the startup world. Um, that's awesome, man. <laughs> yes, but basically, it's so like, uh, um, so you you help them grow and get more clubs or how did you help on the marketing side? More so with the branding, um, social media, um, you know, giving them some, some ideas and brand concepts for the website outreach strategy. Um, and then Michael was helping me with the agency, you know, building our website, um, doing some growth hacking, some strategy. So we just sort of helped each other out in, in, in that regard. Very cool, man. So I saw in college, you, uh, you're playing soccer and then you kind of, uh, you kind of gave up on that to focus on business Was that like, was that a difficult decision for you? Yeah, I would say so. You know, I, I wanted to play, I didn't even know what I wanted to do when I graduated high school. So I just like, you know, I'll keep playing soccer and went down and lived at the beach and played college soccer. And the, the school was too small. I felt like I was like sort of constricted and was in like high school again. And a lot of my friends and family went to Penn state. So I transferred to Penn State after my sophomore year and sort of gave up soccer and started focusing on business. Uh, I didn't really know what entrepreneurship was at the time. So I, you know, started learning more and like reading Entrepreneur Magazine and, and going to like different club meetings. And, you know, one thing led to the next. And I met some of the right people who are already involved with entrepreneurship and just sort of dove into it with them and just learned on the fly. That's so cool, man. And so in college, you were talking about how you... You ran a um, the same foam repair company, right? Yeah, in college, I, I think I so I was part of one startup that was like a campus concierge type of startup, um, 
then I was part of another one called Branch Out, which was like a LinkedIn social media competitor. And then I started an entrepreneurship club called Nittany Entrepreneurs. Um, I helped expand the entrepreneurship minor into a lot of different colleges at Penn State and was like one of the first ones in that curriculum. Um, then I started the watch company and then the party bus company. And the last one was the phone repair company, which was the most profitable, but it was more of like a small business instead of a startup. So I was kind of all over the place and just very involved. Wait, touch on, touch on the concierge and the party bus thing really, or the, the watch and the party bus thing really quickly. Where, where were those companies? Like, were you making money? Do you have like a lot of party buses? How are you selling watches? Like how did all that work? <laughs> so Michael had campus concierge and I was helping him with that. And then my other friend and I started this company, Party Services Unlimited, which we kind of worked together. Party Services Unlimited was a party service company where our main attraction was this bus that we converted to a party bus. So we we had like stripper poles on there. We had like a Red Bull machine. We had a DJ stand. We had a professional driver. Um, we would just throw parties on there and like drive frat and sorority, you know, kids to, to parties or clubs or venues. It, dude, it was it was nuts. That's crazy, dude. So we you was that was that profitable? Because honestly, in college, I had the same idea. I wanted to create my own little like my own little party bus. Because at one point, um, my buddy asked him to drive a party bus for them because they were all getting drunk for a wedding. I was like, yeah, sure. Made a couple hundred bucks, and I was like, I could do this. So was that was that a profitable venture? Like you're basically going to be the case study for should I or shouldn't I have not have done that? Uh, well, I would say no. I would. I would say there's just like too much liability and there's too much concern involved with it. And we didn't, we didn't even have all the correct liability insurance we needed. Plus it would have been nearly impossible to get it anyways. Is like 21 year old kids, like running a party bus, you know, that needed like massive insurance that, you know, we had, we had car and like, you know, limo insurance, but we didn't have any like business insurance for like, if something would go wrong. Yeah, that could definitely yeah, young young kids drinking and then running a business uh, for party buses definitely is not the best people, best kind of people that insurance companies are going to insure for that. So oh, yeah. I don't even know what I don't even know what that would have cost you. Um, that's so cool, man. So tell us about like that that uh, that call or that Google recruitment. So like you just get a call from Google, or you were like constantly trying to get hired there or how did you get to the point where you're on the Google team? Yeah. So when I speak at universities, it's like one of the things I like to talk about because it, you know, there, there's two different paths. There's the path of like working for the man and like getting a job out of college, which most people, I don't even tell people not to because it's good experience. It gets you paid. You know, it's something trustworthy and reliable. Like not everybody is meant to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody should be an entrepreneur. Not everybody should even try to be an entrepreneur. So um, I'm just, I think I was, you know, for the lack of a better term, fortunate enough to, to have traits of being an entrepreneur and, you know, went through all those different startups and opportunities at Penn state. But, um, I was also fortunate enough to have my parents pay for my college. If they hadn't of, I wouldn't have went to Penn state, you know, I, I probably would have just tried to get a full ride somewhere and played sports. But for those who have to pay for college out of their own pockets or get loans, I definitely try to stay away from that. I, I'm an advocate of self-education because I think everything I, I do and know now is through just educating myself, whether it's through Google or YouTube or online classes. I'm a big proponent of that. Uh, to answer your question, I wanted to sort of you know follow my parents' path because they didn't 
I guess, believe me at the time that I could have been a successful entrepreneur because I was running a party bus and like drinking and like partying and shit, uh, as you could imagine. But, you know, I went through the recruiting process. I uh, went to job fairs, career fairs, started talking to companies and I was like, all right, who do I want to work for? Let's start with that and then work backwards. And so I was like, well, I want to work for Google. It's the best company to work for. Like, I'm going to apply to them and try to get a job with them. Um, you know, they had been voted best place to work for the past five years or something at that point. And so for anybody listening, this is what you do for one, make sure you're doing the right things in college, like getting involved, uh, getting good grades, and then make sure you build out your LinkedIn, like put all your experience and credibility and projects and all that stuff on there, build up your connections and then find somebody who works for the company that you work for and see if there's a mutual connection uh, or see if you're connected to a person who actually just works for that company. So I found somebody through LinkedIn who worked at Google. Um, I connected with that person saying, you know, Hey, I'm, I see you also went to Penn state. I'm currently a senior. I'm looking to work for Google. I'm super impressed with what you've been able to achieve. Can we jump on a five minute call? You set up that call, you know, hopefully they can connect you to somebody else because 80% of the people who got jobs at Penn or at Google were referrals or references or, you know, somehow had a foot in the door. And so getting the foot in the door is like the main thing. And so just got the interview and really, really prepped and researched and prepared for the, uh, the interview process. That's awesome. And yeah, it's so true. Like <clears throat> it's so cool that you're able to take your entrepreneurship skills and apply them to getting a job outside of the entrepreneurship world. Um, it just, it just goes to show like, how universal those skills are. I mean, if you if you do want to get hired somewhere and you take the necessary steps and you prepare and you build the relationships, like you can get hired there. That's so cool, man. So what happened? I know there's a story behind this. Like what happened when you started a company while you were working at Google? Well, so th there was a couple different things. Like Google, as in most companies, has like a three strike policy where it's like, hey, if you mess up three times, you know, you got to go. Um, and I was there. And I got into like a disagreement with like some nasty client. And so I got an initial strike. I was like, okay, I got to like, you know, stay clean. And then um, I started a couple of like, you know, I started the phone repair thing on the side and was hustling with the, the watch company on the side. And I got in trouble for like working on that, like during the day job. And so, you know, I got in trouble there. And then, you know, it's more forthright than I think I've considered it in the past because what happened after that is, you know, I, I realized all these businesses that I was working with who are small business owners and who are paying for Google ads, but like didn't understand how it worked or didn't understand like their website or SEO or social media. I, I sort of went the next step and started had, having conversations with them about like how they don't need to be relying on paid advertising and what they could do organically and having these like really important conversations. And that led to some offline conversations where, you know, Michael and I started talking to some of these potential customers and started working with them on their website or SEO and, you know, started making some money on the side, which was, you know, frowned upon. It wasn't, it wasn't allowed, you know? So eventually the wrong person heard about it and told my manager and they called me in and said, Hey, is this true? And I admitted to it and they're like, Hey, we got to let you go. And I was actually devastated at the time. I was, I was so upset. I was only like a year and a half into the job. You know, I wanted to stay there four years and build up my credibility and experience and stock and, uh, you know, just just got let go like that and, and had to start fresh. That's crazy, man. I mean, 
<clears throat> I mean, obviously they didn't have to let you go, but that's so cool that you were able to kind of take that idea of a business and that's what your business is now. So, I mean, that's so cool that you're able to do that. So, uh, what is, what is your ultimate like, goal right now with your company? Like, I know you said you don't want it to become, you know, the next Google. So, like, where do you what are you trying to do with it? So, my whole thing is I want to help as many small business owners understand Google as possible, because if they're able to understand Google, especially from a local organic perspective, meaning Google local search, for example, people searching iPhone repair near me and you know, getting their listings to show up at the top to get free clicks and free calls. Um, there's a lot of different aspects and products and components to Google. So to answer your question, my whole initiative is to help as many small businesses as possible understand and utilize Google to its full potential to help their business succeed. And what that looks like is you're capped with an agency. You can only help so many people because then you have to hire more people and train them and hire more people and train them. And you know, you're going to lose people, you're going to lose clients. So what I'm building is I'm building a curriculum and, and a program that is a do it yourself for small business owners that takes them through the whole process of what I did to start like a multi-location local service company to go from zero dollars to a million dollars in revenue in three years and this is the blueprint as to what you got to do so you don't want to start any other different companies or anything like that no um if you've seen a lot of people which you probably have if you're on like if you're an instagram if you're an entrepreneur on instagram or facebook or youtube you probably get targeted with ads from other entrepreneurs telling you how to start your own business and your own agency and that's so annoying <laughs> so the issue with that is like for one, a lot of wannabe entrepreneurs don't have the money. Two, they they don't have the potential clients. They're not starting with a client base. And, and three, there's so many competitors out there and so many people trying to do that. M what I'm trying to do is is more, it's more applicable. More, more, more focused. Yeah, it's more focused. Like I'm trying to teach small business owners who already have a business how to not hire agencies. I'm trying to teach them how to do it on their own so they don't get burned by other agencies. And it's like teaching somebody to fish. Like if you teach them to fish, you know, they don't need anybody else. They don't need to pay anybody else. They can do it themselves and be in control of their future of their business and know what they're doing. No, absolutely, man. Yeah, those ads pop up and it's like, they'll train a thousand people on how to sell this one thing on eBay. I'm like, well, now there's a thousand more people training and are selling the same thing on eBay. It's like, you know, I get hit up with those all the time from people like messaging me, hey, I can help you grow your business. And I'm like, some of them are legit, but it's like the ones that just mass, you know, have thousands of people on there. It's like they're not actually helping those people, you know, these cookie cutter programs. So that's so clear you're able to sit down with individual businesses and help them out with their SEO and help them grow their businesses. Like, do you have like a goal on how many companies you want to work with? Um, over the lifetime, as many as possible, I'd like to help thousands of small businesses um 20,000 well, because it's a course like at first it's going to be more manual because i'm going to have to start being more involved with it and make sure it, it runs smoothly but i want it to get to the point where it like kind of runs itself yeah absolutely i'm just trying to free up my time and make some money and travel the world and have fun and meet cool people that's it well i'm glad you met me dude you're welcome I'm just <laughs> seriously dude i told you i was gonna come visit you yeah i'm in la so I would, I would leave Philly for LA anytime. So, um, so what do you feel like overall you were put on this earth to do? Like, what do you think your purpose is? Kind of a deep question here. 
I mean, I think everybody's naturally blessed with certain skill sets based on like, you know, genetics or how they're, they're raised. But, you know, my dad's an entrepreneur and my mom's a teacher. So I'm just trying to combine the two and teach people what I know, which is Google for small businesses. And so I'm trying to help as many people with online courses to help them grow their small businesses using Google. Boom. Using Google to change the world. Well, it's so funny. That's the company you were at too. So well, it's, it's, it's about having leverage and credibility. So yeah, absolutely. You know, having worked at Google, having started a marketing agency and having a perfect case study of my own business with the phone repair companies, building them on the backbone of Google. A lot of these other people with courses and classes, they don't, they didn't work at Facebook. They didn't, you know, run a gym. They didn't do all these different things. Yeah, what, so you're not you're not like using a like Bing ads to promote or anything like that. Nah, <laughs> maybe. Go, what what else is there? Internet Explorer? No, that's not that's not what I'm trying to think. Is it just Bing and Google? Is that pretty much it? There's some other ones like DuckDuckGo. Oh Do people actually use those? Why wouldn't you just use Google? I mean, a lot of people use Bing by default. Like, if you get like some PCs by default, your browser, your your uh... exactly. It's so yeah. annoying. Well, no, and uh, I think yeah, I think doesn't no Apple phones put you on Bing? Oh, they put it on Google. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of counterintuitive for Apple to put you on Google, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, did you have any you have any words of wisdom you want to leave the uh, the audience with? I mean, the most important thing is is understanding yourself before you do anything else. Understanding what your goals and motivations are. Um, don't be all about the money. You know, be be about helping others be about putting other people first and just focus on what you're, you know, passionate about and the rest will come naturally. There you go, man. So awesome. All right, Matt, thank you for coming on the show and we'll be sure to like add your, your business uh, info and all that onto the, uh, the little information thing. Yeah. People know momentum digital as need momentum on Instagram and social media, uh, phone repair Phillies at phone repair Philly. And I am Mac Frederick at Mac Frederick. Boom. If I'm ever in Philly, I need my phone repaired. I know where I'm going. Hell yeah, bro. (laughs) Seriously, thank you all so much for listening. I couldn't be happier with how the podcast has gone so far. I've met some incredible people through this process, had some great interviews, and I just want to thank you for listening. Honestly, um, if you could leave a great review, that'd be awesome. If you could subscribe, that'd be even better. You know, we we want you uh, listening in every single week. We're going to have episodes every single Monday and Wednesday. I already have a giant episode bank so that no matter what happens, something is always getting published. And, uh, you know, if you want to leave a comment, just let me know what you want to see in the podcast. If you want me to interview different people, ask different questions, maybe have a different theme. I I really don't know. I'm kind of new to this. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening and have an awesome day. We strive.